0: Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the G-Force Podcast, a show for car enthusiasts by car enthusiasts. As car enthusiasts, let's be honest to each other. It's tough for car makers to build cars up to our desires that can realistically be driven properly without A. Getting us in trouble legally and B. Getting us in trouble financially This is especially true in the modern era where we have electric vehicles outrunning supercars and even Toyota Camrys and Honda Accords make over 300 horsepower. To be fair though, the V6 Accords have always been proper sleepers. Anyway, power and going fast have been an easy recipe for car makers to take boring cars and make them less boring on paper yet still not be proper enthusiast cars. But of course, they were still one true champion for the everyday average car enthusiast. Well, actually there are three champs. The Scion FRS, the Subaru BRZ, and the Toyota GT86. We've talked about these cars on previous episodes of the GeForce podcast specifically in the Best Budget Cars episode. Although these are all technically the same car, it's the same platform, just rebadged over several brands, because capitalism, yo. They really are three champions of fun new cars though, even as the same platform. Well, here's the truth though, I guess they're not that new anymore. They first launched back in 2012. That's nine whole years ago. And as much as I love thinking that nine years isn't that long, the truth is we've seen a lot of changes in the car world in the last decade. So what made the GT86 and its siblings so great? And are they still great? These cars came about due to a joint venture between Toyota and Subaru mainly through Toyota just buying increasing larger shares of Subaru. They launched this car to appeal to a specific target audience. Drivers who wanted to go out and have fun. AKA car enthusiasts. See, back in the 80s and 90s, the affordable sports car market was booming. But by the 2000s, only really the Honda S2000 the Nissan 350, and the Mazda Miata remained. Sure, there were some German competitors, but the price points between the German cars and the Japanese competitors was pretty significant in favor of the Japanese cars. However, shortly after, the S2K actually ended production completely, so that left us with really only two options. And if we're being completely honest here, since the 2000s, the Nissans and the Mazdas have become heavier and less nimble. So Subi and Toyota decided to shake up that market. The GT86 was a purpose-built sports car for the masses. Not a roadster like the Miata, and not a borderline Japanese muscle car like the beefier 370Z. The GT86 only came as a two-door coupe, and only with a two-liter non-turbo flat 4 engine the only real option other than which badges you wanted was choosing a transmission manual as standard auto as a selectable option because there was no intention of ever building a convertible the gt86 could stay light and compact there were technically back seats that could legally hold people But in reality, you needed a shrink ray to properly use them. The biggest thing though that helped the GT86 was that neither Toyota nor Subaru were pushing to design a car that dominated track records or could demolish anything on the road. They focused simply on making a light and nimble driver's car that could be afforded by all types of drivers. Young, not so young, rich, not so rich, this was a car for the people, for us car people. Now there was a crucial flaw with this car, its engine. The small inline form made just shy of 200 horsepower and around 150 pound-feet of torque, but the key issue was how that power was delivered. All that torque came at the higher rpms, meaning the driver needed to rev out the engine everywhere and keep the RPMs high getting out of corners. As such, so many people asked for a turbo version from the factory. Subaru had used turbos extensively on their other flat 4 engines for higher trim models so why not slap one on the GT86 and the BRZ? Well anyway, that brings us to today. The GT86 and BRZ are now out of production, at the end of their line now, because Subaru and Toyota are bringing out a brand new generation of the 86 platform. Subaru showed off the new BRZ late last year, and this week Toyota presented their new GR86. Slight name change from Toyota, but don't worry, this is the second generation of the 86. So what's new? Well most obviously it's the design. The dimensions are actually the same as the outgoing generation but the looks are well I guess different the right word here. Now the old BRZ, the old GT86, the old FRS they weren't the most beautiful cars. I think The best way to describe this new generation, the BRZ and the GR86 haven't tried to look more beautiful either. Not only are there some differences between the two generations, the BRZ and the GR86 also look different, mainly up at the front. The BRZ now looks like a smiling insect, and the Toyota looks like a well grimacing insect. So clearly, they aren't going to win any beauty contests. But that's not the point with these cars. There is an expected refresh for the suspension with these cars versus the outgoing generation. And then potentially some differences between the suspension between the two cars, the BRZ and the GR86. A big change that has been documented is the chassis itself. This second generation will be much stiffer potentially up to 50% greater torsional stiffness than the outgoing generation. This does come with a slight weight gain of about 100 pounds, but the car still stays under 3,000 pounds, which is fantastic for having a nimble driver's car. And the engine? Well Subaru and Toyota listened to our feedback. And now the BRZ and GR86 come with a flat 4 engine with exactly zero turbos. Yup, no boost. Their reasoning though makes some sense. Adding turbos adds complexity, it adds cost, and it changes the dynamic of the car itself. I'd also like to add that putting on some turbos can be pretty detrimental to fuel consumption and even reliability in more extreme cases. So then, if they didn't throw turbos onto the new BRZ and GR86, how did Toyota and Subaru listen to us? Well, that flat-four engine is now a 2.4-liter flat-four, and it makes approximately 30 more horsepower and 30 more pound-feet of torque over the outgoing generation, which are pretty significant gains. But this is the real key item here. The torque curve should be a lot different. In the previous generation, the peak torque was at 6500 RPM. Again, the idea was that car needed to be revved out in order to hit peak torque and peak acceleration forces. This new generation will have peak torque at around 3500 RPM, much lower and better for getting out of the corners quickly i think this is going to be the biggest change going into the generation 2 of the 86 platform so here's the question will these new generation 86 cars be the best sports car short answer absolutely even though we're still waiting on some of the road tests i desperately want one of these in my garage but let's go more in depth Being the best sports car means they are engaging to drive, easy to enjoy without breaking the bank, and are relatively stress-free in the real world. As much fun as speed and power are, driver engagement requires more than just those two aspects. Otherwise, we'd all be driving in minivans with big six-cylinder engines and cruising down the highway at triple-digit speeds. The BRZ and GR86 look to nail this driver engagement and to be very user friendly. But how about that first generation? Sure, it does have that noticeable power issue, but in reality, the first generation GT86s and BRZs still hit that sweet spot of being brilliant driver's cars without costing a small fortune to own and operate. I really don't think we need to start debating between getting the new GR86 versus the BRZ I think we need to start debating about getting a brand new second gen or saving even more money and buying a used first gen. What's the right pick here? Here's my two cents on the situation. If you can comfortably afford to finance or buy a car at over $30,000 and can own it for a while, wait for the new BRZ and GR86. Even though prices haven't been released, I think 30K is a good benchmark to set for the market on these cars based off of what we've seen with current pricing on cars as well as what we saw the price point for the previous generation. Now here's the deal, 30K is a lot of money and if it's too steep to be what you wanna have as a comfortable car to own and not keep you up at night with car payments or just stress, don't get the second gen, go out and buy a used first gen. And here's the deal, as soon as those second gen GR86s and the BRZ hit the lots, I expect those first gens to take a huge hit in value, and they'll still just be as much fun to drive as before. Either way, Toyota and Subaru still seem to know how to make the best sports cars.